right, Tila, we're back for another Mad Awesome show. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I've been looking forward to this one pretty much like all week. So I'm excited for the talk to you. Yeah, no, I was, we, we had talked about this as we were coming on. Um, and it looked like it was just going to be a small amount of stuff to talk about. And then all the trailers just kept hitting for celebration. I really, I really ate my words from last week where I was like, no, Tila, they're going to, they're just going to keep the focus on Kenobi. And they're not going to get any trailers. We might get one like Andor or something like that. And then we they dropped like seven on us. It was ridiculous. Honestly, if this was like the one celebration you could go to, this would have been the one just because they were waiting. What was it? Two years since the last celebration. You know they were going to come heavy. Oh, yeah. And it really feels like they're finally, it feels like they're finally picking up and hitting the traction they wanted to with everything on Disney Plus, especially with COVID being such a big problem there for a year with filming. And now COVID's been gone, or at least as far as the studio goes, it's been gone for pretty much a while now. So they're finally able to just start dropping everything. Oh, yeah. Like this year alone, we're getting four projects from Star Wars. Obi-Wan, then right after Andor. Then we get somewhere between Bad Batch and Tales of the Jedi. So it's going to be a awesome Tales year. Tales of the Not Jedi is this time. year. Yeah, it's this fall. I thought the bad was this fall. All right, yeah. Well, I mean, they, they kind of have to do this, though. They can't, they really can't give us longer than a three-month stretch without giving us some type of Star Wars content, because otherwise people just cancel their subscriptions. No, Bad Batch is this fall, too, so I don't know what they're going to do if they're going to do it at the same time. Well, so... yeah, because Tales of the Jedi was only supposed to be six episodes, so they could probably condense it into, you know, I mean, that's not that long. No. And, and then Mandela opens up on February. So it's going to be a busy time for Star Wars. I'm excited. No, I'm very excited. So, okay. All right, Taylor, we do have a lot to cover today. So let's just kind of get right into this. Uh, first things first, going to go with kind of Star Wars, um, or sorry, rather uh, Galaxy of Heroes news. Proven Grounds is live today, and CG put a little bit of a glitch in it uh, so that every single player could play it. Did you have a chance to play it? I, I did. I was like, hey, 40 shards, you know I'm going to do it. Uh, that that was good, but it was also kind of good. I know you just put a video on it because I yep. did watch it. So oh, thank you. so you mentioned you mentioned in there that it was good because we get to see what what, what the gameplay is like. Yeah, that way yeah, the, yeah. The newer players aren't just left the, left pretty much hanging by themselves. So that was that was interesting to get in there and kind of play against these ridiculous teams. <laughs> no, yeah, it was because I, I like the perspective because it makes it a lot easier for you know you have a lot of people in a guild. I'm sure there are a ton of guilds out there, you know, that have a lot of people that have cap, but that have people that don't, and it's nice that they can go in and they can test stuff and there can kind of be that camaraderie. And I really, I really, really would like for them to just keep it open too. I don't, I don't see why it needs to be closed for people of higher stuff. I mean, it's it's forty shards of shard shop currency that really shouldn't break the bank for CG. Yeah, no, it, it's not that bad, and, and honestly, it's almost a reward for those people that went hard on conquest. It, it's not something that's going to be super crazy. And and it's like it's like they said they wanted to help us with the grind crunch. This is one way that they can help us and not have to do that much for us at the same time. Another big positive that I liked about it, and I don't know if this is working as intended, and we'll we'll, we'll get to the negatives here in a minute. Um, but they're they let they're letting you do more than one character at the time. I was under the impression that this was going to be a shared cooldown between the different characters. And at least, I, again, I don't know if this is working as intended, but this time it wasn't. You could do both Razorcrest and Cat, which is, in my opinion, is really necessary. Otherwise, you are never, 
ever going to catch up on characters. I think even doing the, both the refreshes, you're never going to catch up. How how much months was it? It was like seven months. If, uh, if you were going to start, if you if you're doing just like all right, let's say you're just doing cat, it'll take you 14 months. If I did my math correctly, 14. or no, it was longer. 16. It was like 16. It it's an absurd amount of time. Um, which that within itself isn't too bad if you're able to do all of them together. But imagine you go in, you're like, all right, I need to get Razor Crest, and you spend 16 months to get Razor Crest, and then 16 months on top of that to get Cat, and then 16 months in that mall. Mall is like a three or four year wait. That is so dumb. So I that 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 needs to stay the same. That needs to stay the same where they're letting you do multiple characters at the same time. And, and, and then not only that, it's like these characters are important for multiple factions. Um, obviously, Cat's there for JMK. And on, on, honestly, without Cat, JMK is a shell of what he's capable of doing. Yeah. And the same thing could be said about the Executor and uh, and uh, the Razor Crest. You, well, you can't even Razor log Crest. Executor without Razor Crest. Exactly. So if you had to choose, what do you pick? You, you obviously have to go for the Razor Crest first, but but allowing both is that's a big help for for newer players trying to unlock these characters i mean yeah it, it, i i would argue it's mandatory i hope that, that is working as intended and that's not ever going to change um yeah. but as far as negatives go do you have any you have any critiques for cgt low about how you think it could be better bro how are these four million players gonna beat those teams those teams were ridiculous <laughs> So yeah, the, the, it is pretty difficult. I actually, like you said, I made a video on this earlier today where I took in some pretty, I think what would be standard teams for maybe an average 4 million account have, uh, like Jedi Knight Luke, Gas, Darth Revan. Not saying every 4 million account has all three of these teams, but they should have at least one, I imagine. And then I kind of got my butt handed to me on all three of them. I, I think the team that I've been hearing has been having a lot of success. The two that have been having a lot of success for younger players is Padme and CLS. So I'm... I'm not too shaken up about that as far as the difficulty goes, as long as there's a way to actually do it with a team that's accessible. And I think CLS is a very accessible uh, team for mid players. I don't, I really need to get an alt man. Like I, I feel like I don't understand the stuff as much as I should. I, I've tried with alts. It's hard, man. Especially if you're so focused doing mods and your, your main account, it's hard having an alt. Um, but it's going back to the, the character, the teams and the difficulty and the, teams that they were using i could see padme going against um maul because of all the assisting definitely can see them getting through that but still that's it, it's just rough especially for newer players it almost gates them with two gates the gp gate yeah, yeah the relic does. gate or actually three the relic gate and then not only that you have the team gate now it's not just go in there and beat it and then on top yeah just speaking about the teams first the crystals we'll talk about later <laughs> Yeah, so so there are it does have a pretty high gate, and I'm actually I'm okay, kind of okay with the, yeah, I know a lot of people aren't, but I'm kind of okay with the four million, the the R three, and just the overall difficulty of it. But what I'm the big my big critique for it is it still doesn't feel that catch uppy in the sense that you're only getting twenty shards a month, and on and if you want to refresh, the refresh price is better than the shipments, which is good. Like it, it would have to be, otherwise it would be a complete scam. Um, but it's, it's still good 16 months to get a character, whatever it was, it's still too long, especially after you have to wait a year for it to come out of conquest, to actually hit proving grounds. You're looking at, you're looking at a really, really long time. So I, I think they either need to increase the shards in it up from like 20 to 30, or 
they need to really drop the refresh price to something that really realistically free to play are going to be able to do every once in a while, maybe down to a thousand crystals or something like that. Because right now it's, it's, I don't, I, I think it's, it's, it's too little and it's too late. Yeah. And, and honestly, like executor, how much, how much was it to refresh it? Oh, so the executor was pretty expensive too. I want to say it was in the ballpark. When I say a thousand crystals for ten shards or something like that, it's a very similar model. But I, I still think I, I yeah. don't think it's a good model. I don't like it. I, I don't think so either. But honestly, it's an older character. It's a way 15. to help these characters. It's a way. It's a it's a way to help these newer players get these characters that are honestly needed for them to play. I I think they should lower it to a thousand because right now what's it at like two thousand nine hundred. Uh, 2200 which again comes out cheaper than the shipment price but just barely i i don't know i I, like they should either have more shards in there or the the refresh price should be way lower because again 16 months to get a character after it's already been out for a year even with their caliber i mean that's it's it's too high i i think so too i think they need to lower it i would honestly say just give them for a thousand you're trying to help these players out trying these are older characters now for what it's been a year since since they're able to do that yeah. and especially for those for those the free to play it's still going to take them forever even with them saving up those crystals for a thousand a refresh mm-hmm. i don't know I, I i just feel like it it doesn't help them as much as the newer players need it I, and these are characters that they need in the roster too and then they made it kind of hard and difficult and all these different gates that they had to have to jump through I'm okay with the four million because that's what hard mode is like mm-hmm. gated at. It's consistent. That's completely fine. Yeah, that's completely fine. Like no problem at thought at that. But the teams and then the amount of crystals for refreshing—that's something that they need to look into. And I would probably touch up a little bit. Yeah, well, we'll see. I think we're going to get a lot more strategies to come out. But one of the the issues of with it being gated at R three, a lot of these creative strategies just aren't really possible for the player base at large. Like, um, what's his name? Uh, Synergy. He ca- came out with a really good video. With Treya and Ness just slaughtering Maul, you know, two characters. Both the characters kind of are accessible, but I don't really know how many people have an R3 Treya. Like, I, I, I maybe I'm weird, but as an 8 million account, I still have Gear 12 Treya. And I don't know if I want an R3 character just to get, do an event that I already had to do a bunch of qualifiers to even get there. And Treya is one of those teams that it could really just do its job at g12 mm-hmm. so if i'm a new exactly I'm a yeah new that player, could, you could do it if it was an r3 yeah so like my if i'm a new player she's not a number one priority for me to get to relics yes if i'm in any game absolutely she's needed to be at relics for like dash and a couple of these other teams but she does her job at g12 and if i'm a new player i'm looking at relics that are really going to be impactful for my roster so I, I don't see that being a big help for them yeah i Hopefully they'll, they'll they'll look at it and they'll adjust it, uh, especially because this isn't. So like Executor was kind of a, at least until today was a one off. This isn't a one off. This is an entirely new system where conquest characters are not stopping anytime soon. We're going to be getting more and more and more of these, and if this is the system they're going to employ. I, I think it's going to need to be uh, relooked at. But all right, so that's that was a lot of proving grounds to go out to go over. We do have a lot on the docket today, so let's go ahead and move on to our next subject, which is. Our 3v3 recap. Let me get the sounder going here. Hi, this is B1, and here's T-Lo and Calvin with their brand or an experience this week. Hopefully they didn't suck. Roger, roger. 
All right, Tilo, so lay it on us. How did your first match in week three of 3v3 go? Did he, have, did he smash him into the next week? <laughs> I wish. Um, this one was a really cool battle. This is the only battle that I got to stream this week. But it was cool because my opponent had a tendency of going really heavy on defense, especially with GLs. And that's exactly what he did. So he sent me four GLs on defense. And I set three GLs plus Starkiller on defense. So I only had two GLs to kill his four GLs. And we managed to get through it. Um, I went in there with Wampa against C. That failed uh, just because Armorer was on the team. And my main goal going into the fight was I want to take out armor as quickly as possible. He did have a tank, though, so it kind of slowed me down. And it looked like I was going to win, but armor put the freaking best car onto C right at the end. And I was like, ah. So we lost that one, but we cleaned it up pretty easily. I believe we used, like, troopers. And then um, for the other ones, I go in there with Fennec against Lord Vader. Been doing that pretty consistently um, this season. Take them out like nothing. And then SLKR on JMK and um, JML against Ray. So we took out all his GLs. I was really happy. I was like, oh, we got this in the bag. And of course, the B teams and the A teams ended up jacking me up on this top wall. And I dropped so many battles. I used the ultimate extent of my roster. I think I went in there with like four battles against, I don't even know what teams. I'll try to block it out of my memory. It was really, really bad. Uh, we did manage to get through ships, though. We didn't clear the bottom zones because I just used so many teams. And um, I failed against Executor. And it was funny because all week and for the last couple of weeks, I've been going in there with my first order against Executor and my arena climb. I even leave it on defense just to force myself to climb with it so I can get more used to it. <laughs> and, of course, the biggest stage, the, the moment I needed to work is the moment it fails on me. So it fails on me. I go and I work the other teams. I believe he had like Rebels and Hodo. And I don't know if you've ran into this, but people have been sending weird Hodo teams. No Millennium Falcon in the starting lineup. I don't know if it's a new trend. I think I ran into, I that, ran into that twice recently. I think it's worse. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like it. It's because what it's not. Even, I don't think it's just not Millennium Falcon in the starting. But then you take um, the resistant ship. It's whole assisting. It doesn't assist if it doesn't come in as a reinforcement. So you just cough that right up the second you put him in the starting lineup. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, thank you. So I just actually went in there with a mirror match and got like a 70-something against the, the Radis. Mm -hmm. um, so so I, I still had my um, home one available to go attack the, the Executor. And I go, and I'm like, ah, I don't remember the cooldowns. I even stopped, tried to look at my stream real quick. And... Um, I used my existing capital ships, but I only had two ships available. So it was a capital ship, one ship. So I throw it in there trying to burn cooldowns. And if I had one more ship, the cooldowns would have been perfect. And we could have probably got through that executor. But they their, their cooldowns were right into that position to where when I went in with my uh, home one, which I had Oh, you tried to do no the Calvin special. Ship. Yeah, but if I would have had one more extra ship and we failed, so... We didn't get the full clear. My opponent went in there. He didn't even full clear himself, but he managed to be a little bit cleaner than us. So we dropped our first battle. It was tough. That was a tough one to start off. Uh, especially having to do those off-meta counters. I just curious to learn how 
like what are the random things that mess them up like you mentioned armor in there i had uh someone else on our discord server he had mentioned that he, he used it against a team that had what and set and he literally for five minutes just couldn't kill set because the dots wouldn't stick to get through him so not only would he was he not melting via the dots but wampa's damage wasn't scaling off of dots either so it's it's really just it, it is kind of funny which characters are the deal breakers and which aren't and it's crazy like that like um if I would have, because I got a little bit bummed when Armor went in there and she put the best guard on him, but I think if I kept would have kept on chipping away without, with him without wasting that time, I think I possibly could have got past it. But the thing is, it's, um, oh, and another thing was, because there wasn't multiple characters, he wasn't able to get into his ultimate, so he mm -hmm. was constantly being able to get his protection back. Yep. So there was, there was no way I was going to chew through him. I'm just thinking about it right now. But, but, yeah, but it, I, unless you were landing healing immunity literally every single time, his protection was just all gonna always be topped off. Yeah, but even then, like it, it took too long because he was getting beefy, beefier and beefier that there was no way I was gonna burn through him. It, it just sucks that we had an opportunity to take out armor. It, it's just he stalled me out enough to where it was able to put that second best star on him. Yeah, that was tough. Right. Um for for the other GLs, they were pretty simple, though. It, it wasn't as bad. All right, sweet. Yeah, my my first match, it went it went all right. I I played some fights wrong. We we tried out first order versus Star Killer, and that one went a little bit south. I think honestly, to might no, it, it could have been my doing, but it was really really hard to tell. I we didn't know how much damage I was going to have on certain moves. And ultimately, that one just failed. And then we made we made some other dumb decisions later on. Like, I tried to get greedy with uh, a Grievous team and using Bastille instead of Jedi Revan, and that just completely failed. But ultimately, not, nothing mattered because we cleared ships and he didn't. So uh, I got my, my first win. And that's up until that point, every single win I've had for 3v3 has only been bit by ships. We're, we're not winning. We're not beating anyone on ground. It's, it's either we're losing or we're beating them in ships. I'm, I'm the complete opposite. It's all ground and it's all defense for me because I've been making some big mistakes. <laughs> I mean, I and once we have Radis, it's going to get even worse. I also another thing I need. I need I need Biston. I think that's yeah. We'll get we'll get to that in a second. But how was your second match, Chilo? Um, second match. This one I didn't get to stream. I was just really tired this week from work. Uh, it gets busy Memorial weekend. Any holiday it gets really busy for me. Um, so I was just tired. I was like, I'm just going to go to sleep, just do it in bed. So I ended up doing that, but, um, this fight was really good. I decided just to roll over my defense, do minimal changes just so I could, um, play with the same amount of GLs on defense or offense and defense. So I only played with two. Uh, we go in there, we take out his GLs. I believe he sent me, um, two GLs and star killer. So we take out Lord Vader, take out Ray. Uh, Star Killer was really cool because it was the first time I got to use my um, first order Omicron. Oh, um, nice. Star Killer. But the bad thing about this one is um, his Star Killer was R8, his Red Lobster was R7. I mean, not Red Lobster. His um, Mara was R R8 as she has well. Red aspects <laughs> about her. I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking about my team. And um, CR7 as well. So it was really beefed up team, a lot of health on it as well. Uh, we go in there, we do pretty good. And I think it was more on my side where I didn't play 100% correctly. So 
I was able to go in there and take out Starkiller and then take out EEP, but we got left with Mara by herself. Mm-hmm. And we did drop a battle, but we go in there, really just clean it up really quick. But I, it taught me a little bit about the about that fight, so I was prepared for the next one, but kind of bummed that we, <laughs> we messed up right there. Um, other than that, I attacked all the ground, and we go up to ships, and the same thing happens to me. I'm doing an arena every day. I want to say about 90% win rate against freaking first order against executor. And we do it in GAC and it fails. So I'm like, what the heck? The exact same teams on defense again, exact same situation happens and we leave our executor standing. I was really upset about that one, but we did end up with the win. We ended up winning by eight banners. So, oh my God, is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. But I was a little upset that my, my ship gameplay and especially with everything I've, Put it into the first order team is it really paying off in GAC? Yeah, I've, I've just been I've been hiding from that one. Like, I there are a few guys in my guild that are getting really really good at it, and every time I see, it, I'm just like, all right, Phoenix, you just just keep not losing. Like, I really need you to keep doing what you're doing. It, it, it's the craziest thing. I I literally do it every day in arena. I do it in TW. Nothing ever happens. But as soon as I go to GAC. I don't know what happens. They get like all the RNG just goes into my opponent's favor. It sucks. That's brutal. And my second round was actually, and this one was really, really rough. So we're up against a good opponent. He had 500 plus relic levels on us. Uh, he put down a pretty good defense too. He, put, he stacked his front wall pretty well with a lot of the, uh, with a lot of like the, the A plus teams, like it, I think he had the like, Gas, Darth Revan, uh, Star Killer, th- those level of teams, and some of them we just did weren't pro- properly modded for, but some of them we just got some really bad RNG. Like I did a Nest versus Jedi Knight Revan. Within the last like thirty seconds, I built up all my critical damage, are and I had a ton of crit chance. I go in for my big hit against Jolie, and he freaking dodges, and he doesn't have evasion mastery. Um, so we just had a bunch of stuff like that happen on the front wall, and then we get to the back wall, and we beat all the major teams, but we just got stuck on Fin Fin Po because we I had burned so many of my like mid range level teams like troopers, um, trying to remember what else troopers, Jedi Knight Revan, I can't remember the others, but teams like that that could have been able that could have beaten uh, Fin Fin Po, and so without those, we didn't get the full clear, and then our potent. Didn't get the full clear on us either, but he left our executor, and I think I think we would have lost this match no matter what. Because when he saw that we weren't going to full clear, he just kind of took the easy way out, and he just took down our two easier fleets and left executor. And then I went in, and I actually did this off stream. I went and cleared his ships, and I I used my rebel my two rebel two shot method against his executor. It worked again, which that was great. Um, and then I went in and I beat the other two sh- fleets, whatever they were. I don't even remember now, and. I, yeah, I would have been able to beat him had I been able to take the Finfin Po team down, assuming he didn't, you know, one-shot everything if he knew I wasn't going to full clear. Basically, I lost. We'll put it that way. Um, but it, every we did everything we could, and I think there, there are very few rounds that we lose the RNG, and I think this one was probably closer to it. Also, just better modding would have done it, too, because Troopers didn't work against Small because... I didn't have the TM bridge between my Dark and my Piet right, so he Maul was able to get offense down on Dark, and that really ruined us. No, that's that's a tough fight, especially with where you're at in the rankings. Like that's 
like any little mistake is just amplified even more because they have so much more teams so oh much yeah more relic level mods like it you have to almost be perfect on everything you do or have a game plan to like execute like you do with the executor it's crazy yeah yeah it is how was your final match uh so final match uh we go into this one pretty solid account pretty solid player um I ended up setting this about the same defense. I did change like a little bit, but nothing too crazy. And we go in there, use our Fennec, like we've been doing this whole season against Lord Vader, take that out. And this time we run into the Star Killer again. And I'm like, all right, first order, you're up to bat. I feel confident. We're going to try it again. So we go in there and we call the Mass Assist onto Star Killer, take out Star Killer within the first Mass Assist. And this is our seven star killer too. So I was like, okay, let's go. I was really happy about that one. Uh, he probably needed a lot more health on his star killer, to be honest, just because he took it out with one shot. Uh, but when EP went to go shock everybody, everybody counterattacked and then took him right off the next fight. So we only took one move and two of the characters are gone. So it was an easy, easy battle. I was really happy about this one. And then um, after that, Everything ran pretty smoothly. I think we one-shot the whole board. One of the coolest fights that we had was um, Aiden versus the CLS, 2PO, and 3PO. Oh, and it's yeah. cool for me. It's cool for me because I only have a three-star gear 11 Aiden. And I used I didn't use any pretty um, coveted Imperial Troopers. I only used Magma, and I used... Um, what was it? Snow trip. Storm. Oh, snow. 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 Wow. Okay. Even better. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, let's go. Uh, I just focused down Chupio, got the stun on him right away, and then just try to control him as much as possible and kind of chew him up a little bit, uh, little by little. The heal immunity was really nice there to kind of burn him out. It did get sketchy at points just because of CLS, but um, we ended up getting almost max banners. I think I missed out on one banner. So that was really cool to do that for the first time. Um, and I think we did drop one battle on a GG because I wanted to try it with Padme and I know I shouldn't have because there was B2 in there. Uh, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah. So it is what it is. I, I wanted to try it, see if we were able to get through it. Cause I had taken out a GG. I think it was the round prior, but it didn't have B2 in there. Um, we opened up ships, we cleared all those, the character zones and, the exact same thing happens to us with the first order and executor. I, at this point, I'm fuming. Like, it was like 11 o'clock at night, and I'm just like, don't talk to me. Everybody go to bed. I'm so bad at this one because it's literally Arena. I've been doing it perfectly. Like I said, TW2, and it fails again. So we didn't get the full clear. We had to leave our executor up. But the great thing was um, almost all my opponents, they couldn't get past my ray. My Ray has armor and Hoda in there, yep. and that team has been a problem, especially when I do the peekaboo defense where I leave that in the back zone, and then I um, I leave my JMK back there as well, and then I have my CLS Star Killer in the front bottom zone. So they have some choices that they have to make, especially if they don't have that Omicron on first order. But we ended up getting the win, going 2-0, so I'm excited about this one. That's good. That's very, very good. Oh, yeah, that is good. <laughs> what about you? So my final match, oh, oh, this one, this one was a heart attack and a half, but boy, did it feel good. This one will be out on YouTube tomorrow, um, which actually probably today for anyone on the podcast. Wow, was this a fun match? Um, so he put 
I, I had seen this in this guy's history. Pretty much over the entire process of 3v3, he's just been setting a harder and harder defense. Like, he started out in the first week with two GLs. He went to four GLs in the second week. And then this week, he was putting down five Galactic Legends with Star Killer. So, pretty much six in total. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go out all out on him. I'm going to take every single Galactic Legend on offense, and we're, we're just going to beat him in efficiency. So, he goes in, and he just drops battles left and right. He drops it on Darth Revan. He drops it on Qui-Gon Jinn. He drops it on Gas. And I'm like, okay. If we can just bulk clear him, I'm pretty sure we'll be fine. And man, we we, we just kicked the tar out of him. Um, like, and we were able to beat all five of his Galactic Legends with just three of ours. Like Wampa eight C for breakfast, uh, Jedi Knight Revan, Jedi Luke Armor eight SLKR for breakfast. Um, that we that we just had to pick our GLs. Uh, Star Killer, actually, uh, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren had a very sketchy battle versus JMK. Man, that was. I think that that fight is so much better if you're at equal relics. But taking in a like a weaker supreme leader and like night sisters, gosh, that one was sketchy. Um, but we beat it. Then we just used JMK uh, versus Ray, um, JML versus Lord Vader, and it was clean. But yeah, and then we got the ships, and uh, you know, old reliable the burner rebels worked yet again. Um, so that that we got that one down. Finally, got malevolence to beat negotiator uh, with with not having Sarge in the reinforcements, which I've had a lot of issues doing that. And in first order, just tore Radis apart, and we we pretty much one shot his entire board, you know, besides the burner, and we beat him by over a hundred banners. Um, it was good too because this guy had he had everything on us. He had relic levels. His mods were pretty close. Uh, he had he had more. He had Star Killer. He had Ray. But it, it was a good win, man. It was a good win. So finishing two and one as well. Nice. Ain't that the greatest feeling when they try to set that defense where you can't pass it and then you get past it anyways? That's like the best feeling. But I, I was there watching that stream. That um, that Star Killer battle was, or the Star Killer, the SLKR battle was pretty crazy. That, oh man, I wanted. To, I, I was after we get done with the battle. I was like, okay, we're not doing any stressful battle next. Like, let's find an easy one because like my heart, I was shaking after that battle, man. Because it was just so much of like, SLKR, in the yellow, in the red, hit again. We're back up to full green. JMK takes another turn, puts me into the red. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I can attest, I I have an R eight Star Killer. That battle is still sketchy. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. That battle is still sketchy. Uh, there's been times where I don't even get 100% on the ultimate. I'm like, hey, we're at 80. We'll take two turns. Let's go. <laughs> and, and part of our difficulty there was we have a paper zombie. And paper zombie isn't good for that fight because Daka, Daka will get killed because they will eventually ignore Taunt. And she gets brought back at whatever zombie's health is. And since we have paper zombie, she's getting brought back. She's pretty much coming back in the red. Um, so she just got killed three times in a row really easily. So I think that was... That is something that did not help at all. If we had an R5 a zombie, that would have helped a lot better. But it's fine. I'll take two and one. It's all good. Yeah, that, no, that's a good one. Especially with where you're at. That's really, really good. Yeah, I think I got back into the top 500 with that one. I'll have to check on it later. But all right. That pretty much covers this last week of 3v3. Um, let's see. Let's get on to leg day. Let us talk leg day. Important it is. How do you think? I jump so high at my age. All right, Satila, what are you working on? What are you, what are you putting together for your our, our final week of 3v3 now? Uh, this week, I'm just kind of tightening up mods a little bit. Uh, nothing too crazy. I did most of the changes I was going to do uh, last week. 
So the only thing I'm really going to kind of see a little bit is I, I was talking to you a little bit about this earlier is I saw a video of armor and mall too many gas. And this was a legit gas. Like this was R9 gas, R9 fives uh, and Rex. So if I can do that, that's going to be a really, really big help for me, especially on offensive end, because in threes, I, I don't know if it's just me, but mall is mall isn't mall in threes. If I, in fives, I love mall, but in threes, I feel like sometimes it's iffy on the battles that he can do. But if I can have him set to that team for, for me on offense, that's going to be a super big help. Other than that, um, I, I've been really working on my Bad Batch. Um, I'm super close to Lord Vader now. We're only three characters away to Relic. And mm-hmm. tomorrow, tomorrow I should have um, Echo to seven stars. So right now he's a 99 out of 100. I was like, gosh, you guys can just slide me one with RNG. So I got to do at least a couple more battles right there to get that last shard. Uh, so he'll be seven stars. Try to get him relic up really quick. I think my Embo is about two pieces away from Relic. So he's going to be done. And then after that, it's all about Tuscan. And we'll get him up. And and then after that, the, the super hard part, Relics. So I'm excited. Yeah, no, Lord Vader. Well, yeah, actually, that that's going to be one of our pod quest questions later. But his wrecks honestly are really good. They're they're the relic levels are higher than, than I would like them to be. But yeah, Echo, I mean the Bad Batch in general, we've used them multiple times in 3v3. They've really come back. They're they're again one of those not like super overpowered teams, but one of those mid-range teams that's so just important. Yeah, no, no, that that's gonna be super good. And I've been doing pretty good work with them in threes. So so even with my G eleven. He's been in there pretty clutch. Just not having that team and then finally having them capable of taking out stuff has been a really big boost to my roster. All right, cool. Very, very and what, cool. And what about you? How's your leg day going? Oh, my leg day is weird, man. I have gear 12 Ewoks now. Oh, gear 12 Ewoks? Yeah, that's not even what a joke. What you trying to I do? Should... <laughs> <laughs> trying to beat this Galactic Challenge is what I'm trying to do. Oh, my gosh. Um... I'm get I'm getting pretty close. I should be able to get it. I've gotten to the point where I can kill two of them. I just need the right RNG to be able to kill three of them, and then it should be smooth sailing from there. Um, so we got yeah. I took pretty much everyone up to gear twelve. Poplu was already there because of another galactic challenge, so it wasn't that bad. Um, and a lot of their gear was it wasn't stuff that I really need elsewhere. Anyways, I'm mostly strapped between Kyros and relics, and I didn't have to give any of that up to get them all to gear twelve. So I did that. I took I took Talon to R five. Um, just for Star Killer and kind of interested to see where she she did a little bit of work. She did a little bit of work this last week in GAC. I had to clean up some stuff with like a a, a Sidious Sidious lead Talon and Marauder. Like they were able to clean up a lot of stuff because that team hits pretty darn hard. Uh, the three of them they do really really well. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I did Ewoks. I did Talon. Really not a lot. I'm still hoarding my Zetas. Thrawn lead is looking really tempting. I have been using that consistently to beat Darth Revan in threes. Every single time I've seen it, that's what I've used, and it's worked every single time. Uh, and I would like the, the protection recovery would be cool. I'm trying, I haven't done any Omicrons. I haven't really done any other relics either. Yeah, it's, it's just Talon and Ewoks at this point. That Thrawn lead's really, really good, especially for, like, the Tridian team, that team that you're talking about with Lord Vader. Like, it, it's a solid, solid Zeta. I like it a lot. I um 
It has a solid Zeta, and it's also nice for the ship because I, this isn't yeah. really relevant for me, but I hear a lot of people are using um, Empire Mirror. Empire Mirror, so that one speed oh, is going to oh, be very oh, important because if not, you're just kind of a yeah. free win for them. So maybe I'll do that. Maybe yeah. I won't. We'll we'll see. You know what? I've been really, and I, I should have said this during my leg day, but I've been really tempted. I want to put the Zetas on uh, on, on Shoddy. Oh, and yeah, she's she seems to be doing real work. She's super tanky in threes. Yeah, I, I, she's probably only going to be a G11. Uh, and I've been trying to see videos and how much survivability she'll have at gear 11. There's not a lot out there, but I was testing in this um, past G, uh, GC. So it looks pretty solid. Like they're going to stack their offense. They're going to be pretty good. But I'm like, two Zetas, Malgus is coming. I'll still have like one Zeta extra, and I'm pretty sure I'll have enough to like kind of get the other Zetas when he comes. But I'm like, ooh, I don't know. I kind of run a roll the dice on it though. Yeah, I mean, it depends where you're with Zetas right now. Cause like I'm 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 cautious of Star Killer because he's gonna need two, and I only have two in the bank right now. So I don't know, I don't know if I can just drop one quite yet. But if you have them, I mean, you might as well. I think I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like so tempted. I see it every day. I put it as my favorite. I'm like, ah, should I do it? Well, should I not? If you're gonna put it in your favorite, you might as well just slap that on instead of torturing yourself. I know. <laughs> Her kit is so cool. That team is really, really cool. It's really. It, 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 it looks promising. I'm. I'm excited to see where it ends up going. Yeah. But I tell. I think that just about covers leg day for us. And now we're on to our favorite part of the show. Whose kit is it, anyways? You ready for this? Let's do it. Once again, I listened to the podcast the day after it came out, so I do not remember who went first last time. I really need to start, like, stop relying on my memory and just start pulling up a chart. I remember. You asked me first, so I, I get to ask you now. Okay. All right. So, again, for those of you who are either new to the podcast or new to the stream, we have this segment called Who's Kid Is It Anyways, where we, lead, we read off an ability description, and the other person has to be able to guess which character it goes to. So I'm going to turn off the chat here. I should probably turn it off on both devices, actually. And all right, Taylor, we're good to go. All right. Uh, let me pull it up because it had a... We're going to pick the to... same character again? Let's, let's hope. Well, hopefully not. Oh, my goodness. There you are. All right. You're good. You have everything closed? All right. Deal special damage to target enemy and call an ally to assist. The assisting ally deals 75% more damage and recovers 20% of their max health. Read it again. Deal special damage to target enemy and call an ally to assist. The assisting ally deals 75% more damage and recovers 20% of their max health. Hmm, okay. So it's a call to assist. All right, so it's a call to assist. They deal more damage. And they re recover health. Is that right? Or they recover, is it health or protection? Health.
This comes off as a Jedi, but I don't know if it is. Um, I can't. I can't tell if it's a special or a basic either. Very. I think very few basics have a hundred percent chance to call to assist. So I'm thinking Ayla, but I think she. It, her. It's not a guaranteed call to assist. It's like a sixty percent chance. So I don't think it's her. One more time. All right. Deal special damage to target enemy and call an ally to assist. The assisting ally deals 75% more damage and recovers 20% of their max health. This is weird. Nice just have a lot of healing, but they don't do a lot of assisting. I think you might have me here, Tilo. Um, First Order does other stuff. Scoundrel, maybe? Call to assist. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get this one. Um, Pietz does a bunch of funky stuff. It almost sounds like it almost sounds like a ship ability. It sounds like Akbar is what it sounds like, actually. Akbar's basic. I didn't do a ship. You're good. That'd be so dirty if I did a ship. Um, this is probably some old character special, like Qui Gon Jinn or something like that. But he he either uh, what does that one ability do? It calls on a random ally to assist. Special damage is also weird. There, that there's a selective amount of characters to do that. It's not Treya. It's not Palp. Yeah, so I don't think this is it, but because the health seems really random, uh, but let's just narrow down the faction. Qui Gon Jinn. Son of a good dog. Yes. Was it him? <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> why did? As as <laughs> why is Qui Gon Jinn healing people? I don't know, but he does. <laughs> oh, that is so random. That is so random. Oh, right. Good job, Calvin. Oh, that's an awesome job. As soon as you said it, my whole face kind of like tied it up a little bit. I was like, all right, let's put that poker face on. Hopefully we can do this. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't looking at you at all. Um, I was, yeah, Ayla, Ayla was really who I thought it was, but I knew that her call to assist was like, a, it was a small percentage. It wasn't, it wasn't guaranteed. All right, Qui-Gon. Okay, good job. I I thought for sure you were going to say Ayla. Dang it. I'm glad I got the Jedi part right. Yeah, th that was a big one to kind of narrow it down a little bit. Okay. All right, so let me let me pull mine up here. Um, might take a right, second. Let me close this. What did you say? I said, let me close chat. <laughs> Dang it, man. You were supposed to get that one. No, I didn't think one. I was gonna get it either. <laughs> I'm still really kind of confused that um that he has healing on there. That's weird. Yeah, that's a weird one from him. Halo got it right away. So shout oh, out good, to Halo. Good job, Halo. That was his first guess too. Like literally, right after I said it. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Right. Oh, there's so much pressure on me now. <laughs> Deal physical damage to target enemy. 
If the target is suffering from any debuffs, there is a 60% chance to call an ally to assist. If the assisting ally is said faction, the attack is guaranteed to be a critical hit. Oh, that's so garbage. Um, another assisty one, too. So we, yep. at least we know it's not Qui-Gon. Um, <laughs> Narrowed it down a little bit. <laughs> All right, so read it for me one more time. That's okay. I think I did. you had to read the viewers four times. Uh, deal physical <laughs> damage to target enemy. If the target is suffering from any debuffs, there is a 60% chance to call an ally to assist. If the assisting ally is said faction, the attack is guaranteed to be a critical hit. Ah, the critical hit's interesting. Trying to remember. A debuff. Oh my gosh. I feel like it's one of those that once you say the faction, I'm going to get it right away. Hopefully. Because I'm probably not going to get it on the first full. Um, assisting, assisting. Knights, and it's a basic too. Gosh. For some weird reason, I want to say armor, but I'm not 100% sure. And I don't think she has an assist. I think that's mostly her lead. Assisting. Gosh, I don't want to be here forever. Um, critical hit. Gosh, 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 gosh. Um, this sucks. Um, let's just say armor, and I know it's not. It's on her lead. It's not armor. Gosh darn it. Okay. So faction. Um, let's see if I have the most narrowed down one here. I think I, this is yeah, bounty hunter. Oh my gosh, bounty hunter! Is it? Think about it. Is think it Dengar? It. Wait. It's Dengar. I'm. I have to get that one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, right, it's, cool. a, it's a basic. <laughs> oh, I would have talked myself out of Dengar. Watch. Yeah, I would have said something else. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm like you already said it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that away from you now. <laughs> yep, you got it. So there you go. All right, for sure. The one point of there. Gosh darn it. Did you guys get it in chat? Two of them, yeah, yeah. Rokaren and uh Doofing got it. It's, I think it took them a minute, but they got it. Yeah, Ice House got it too. Because there, there's a really weird interaction because I think with his contract, it ends up doing like another thing or something like that. Like, oh no, his contract allows him to be called to assist. So you kind of get this almost mass attack type effect in 3v3 where like Boba can call him and then Dengar calls, you know, Django. And then it looks like all three of them are hitting at the same time. It's a pretty cool. It's a really yeah. good basic actually. That That is really good. And I, I'm, I'm kicking myself now because I've, I've hoped for this base, this to happen in a couple of these fights, you know, when you go into it, you're like, come on, Dengar, call that assist, but you just forget. I well the the crit would have thrown me off because I knew that his basic kind of did that like where they there was a condition for it to assist but I I could never have told you that it would, would it would be a critical hit. You know what Ice House might be right. It's as um, unique that calls it an assist as well. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. I didn't know maybe I didn't know that his basic did that. That's awesome. 
I don't think these. I don't think it does call to assist the other the specials. I think the one where he charges and he like does like a football move on him. That that one could just like stun or speed down or something like that. But I think it's his um his contract that allows people to call him to assist. Ah, uh, you're right. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Also, yeah, it is really random that it's scoundrels and not bounty hunters, but that might be the um that might be the older thing. Oh, it's just unique. Okay. Alright, well, cool. Oh yeah. So yeah, no, it is his contract. He gained in addition, whenever Dank while Dengar is stealth, he has a 60% chance to assist when other bounty hunter allies use a special. But anyways. Um oh, so we have we have the uh the Discord one as well now. So again, for anyone who's watching this for the first time, um we you can go into our discord that should either be in the chat right now or the link or it should be one of the links inside of the the podcast description you can go in there and you can submit a kit for us to guess um one of us will have the chance to guess it for one point and if they can't do it the other person has a chance to steal it for two Gila, whose turn is it is it yours again i believe so i think so i think he did it last time uh let, let me right. let's see who it was last time maybe that'll jog my memory do, 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 do. It was some, it was yeah it was, was STB's buff media. Yeah, so I think this was I think this was this was yours and it went to me and we neither of us got it. Which one was this one? It was Night Sister oh, Initiate. Oh, you know what? It might have been mine. I'm not hundred percent sure. Let me let me look at the past ones. Deal physical damage to all enemies with this. No, I think this that one was was mine because you definitely you had you definitely had the Jedi Knight Guardian one that was before, right? Yeah, I, I, have, I have bad memories about that one. That was def, that was definitely you because then it went to me and I was able to get it kind of out of the blue. So this one is yours. All right, cool. Let me close chat. Oh, I need to close mine too. All right. We are on Brill? Uh, Byro. Or Byro? Yeah, we're on Byro. The, the the person who helped us invent this game, by the way. So full circle oh, here. Gosh. You want me to read it to you? You want to read it out loud? How do you want to do it? You can read it. I'm going to have it pulled up too. All right. Deal physical damage to target enemy and inflict damage over time for three turns. If they were already debuffed, deal damage again. I'm going to turn my mic off. Yeah, this one I feel like I should know. Uh, Double tap. Damage. Oh, my gosh. I feel like it's a character. I I think their animation moves so quick that you don't see it, if I remember correctly, the second attack. Oh my gosh. Three damage over times. They were already debuffed damage again. It's feeling a little mission in Zalbar S to me. But the damage over times, I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm gonna kick myself when I'm when I miss this one too, and I need this one. 
Um, I'm going to go mission and we'll see if it's all right. Son of a gun. All right, your turn. It's been my turn, right? God. Yeah. It's Bam, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is the one that I used to get to see the Xera at H&N. That's what it was. I knew I heard it. And I knew, and I said it too. I said, I feel like it's the attack where you don't see the second attack. No, because it's and not then, It's not attack twice. It's deal damage twice. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm sitting here because I read it and I'm like, it gives me a second. And I'm like, oh, I've used this against someone before. And then it clicked. Oh. That's Bam's. It's Bam's basic. And I called exactly. I called exactly what what I think we said on the chat too. Yeah, you did. That's that's kind of what you told uh, Sarah after she missed it. It's like, no, that one's hard to get. And those are exact words because it doesn't. It's not an attack twice animation. It's a deal damage twice. Oh my gosh, that was a layup. That feels like we were playing a pickup game. I had an open lane. I go for the layup and I just blow it. <laughs> it will, okay, so it would have been a lot worse if that was one that you had used against someone rather than one that I had used against someone. That would have been that would have been a little bit funnier. I could see that happening too. So hopefully that never happens. <laughs> I think it's our first recycled one for this game, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, because this was the one that um, this one was written down before we did the H and N. Yeah, I would assume it would have had to have been because I know Byro listens to them as well. Unless he was just trying to be sneaky, which is possible, I guess. <laughs> All right, well, cool. So that is whose kid it is, anyways. Now we're on to Tila. We're on to podcast ca- po- podcast questions, podcast <laughs> questions. Which we actually, I kind of, we kind of did this on a whim last time, thanks to Gladiator asking for. It. We actually got quite a few. Um, so you ready to get into these? Let's do it. All right. So number one, this one's from Q. He says, for both of us, how do you spend your mod energy? So, Teal, I'll let you take this one. Um, it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm really focusing down a set, then that's what I'm set- I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get as much of that mod as possible and try to get some good rolls. Um, if I already have accumulated a lot of mods, if I'm at that cap, then I'll start getting some of these slicing materials and then start working on some of these mods um, right now I'm in the cycle where I'm working out a lot of my older mods, trying to see what they have. And I'm, I'm just farming what I already have existing in my roster. Uh, once I go through the ones I want to go through, then I'll start getting mods up again and then do the cycle over again. I have a, I have kind of a set strategy that I picked up a long time ago and just haven't abandoned. We're all build up roughly 200 of each slicing material and then I'll pick a set that I want to work on. It's typically between speed and offense. Those are the two popular. Occasionally, I'll go over to something else like crit chance or defense or something, and I'll do them. And then I'll just, you know, farm mods for a day or two or however long I need to pretty much use all the slicing materials that I have and then just restart the process. But You're a little more organized than me. <laughs> yeah, it's super complicated. And sometimes it ends up being a lot more than 200. If I have a busy day, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to have to wait for the weekend to get to the mod. But... <laughs> yeah, it's it's not something super specific. And there's a next question. It says for Calvin, but I think we can both answer in a way. Um, it says, given the high relic cost, do you regret farming Lord Vader before Ray or Star Killer? 
if you could do it over again, uh, which would you farm first and why? So Tilo, I'm going to give this one to you because you did this. You did the exact yeah. opposite of this. You did. You had Ray and Starkiller done both before Lord Vader. So let let let's hear your opinion. What do you think that was a good idea, especially with the um the relic values in mind? Did that did that shape your decision? No, uh, well that shaped the decision going into Starkiller because before Starkiller was announced, I was all going into Lord Vader, uh, which was really cool because once I started going really heavily into him. I already had a couple stuff already done, but uh, for for me, you can't beat the deal of Star Killer. Mm-hmm. It's only four characters. All four color characters are relevant to the game, and you want them at good relics. And R five is a good relic, and you're getting a, a transcendent character that can take out a lot of these other GLs or be a problem on defense, which we're seeing at three v three. So I definitely would do him before Lord Vader. And if, for me, when it comes to Ray. I think I would definitely do Ray before Lord Vader too, only for the fact that she's the first iteration of a GL, so her relic levels aren't as high as Lord yeah, Vader, so it's low. a little bit yeah, it's a little bit easier. And then not only that, you're getting a capital ship as well, and especially with the new meta in GAC, that capital ship is big. And for me personally, I've been using the capital ship not only for cleanup, but even going for the initial battle on some of these other teams and getting pretty good stuff with it. Um, and, and then Ray is a monster, especially on defense. Especially in She's threes, older... man. I forgot how good she was in threes. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I think only one person this season has cleared my Ray. I have an offensive built Ray. She's R8 with armor and Hoda. And that team is, if you don't have the right team to go against it, and even if you have the right team to go against it, you can still get whacked. Like that, that team's really disgusting. So I like that team a lot. So I, I definitely would leave Lord Vader for last. So I, I agree with you overall. The reason why, one of the reasons why I made my decision, it wasn't based on the relic levels, but it was actually based on the shards. Like, so even until today, I've had Lord Vader for maybe a month now, probably longer than that, actually. Uh, but I still don't have all the Radis and Rose shards I need to get Ray, And I still don't have all the Mara Jade shards I need to get Starkiller. So that's really what held me back. But I, I agree with you. I think Lord Vader is really kind of last priority right now. Uh, just because of the heavy grind he is, he he's very very good but especially i think how how much more useful the other two are was really highlighted in threes fives i could probably make a good argument that i would rather have lord vader because um not only is he very good but a lot of his requirements also get better in fives bad batch is arguably better in fives than in threes as well as um as well as zam zam is better in fives than in threes so you have a lot of these moving pieces it's it's really not where Lord Vader, I think, maybe comes out ahead in fives, but in threes, yeah, it was really highlighted how much better Starkiller and Ray were. Um, so I don't regret my decision, Q, answering your question, but it's it's a, definitely a valid question if you're just looking at relic levels. But the thing is, don't get it twisted. I am not a part of the team that says Lord Vader sucks. Lord Vader is awesome. I'm, I'm grinding for him right now. The stuff that he's able to do on offense is really nice, and I can really use him. Uh, I think he's really good. He's so very don't, good, don't but his requirements do not reflect his ability, in my opinion. No. the the And their requirements, slowly but surely, they seem like they're kind of like boosting them up with some of these Omicrons because that's what their initial intent was. So so hopefully a couple of these uns will get more Omicrons. We're already seeing it with Tuscan Raiders, Zam, uh, even Embo has an Omicron. Yep. So it looks like they're focusing on those too, so... And maybe in the future, it'll start bumping up even more to make it more lucrative to go for Lord Vader in the beginning. 
Yeah. Yeah, so I... Again, there's no real wrong choice. They're all good at the end of the day. And there are other factors in there, too. Like I said, the reason why I went for Lord Vader is just because I was closer in shards. Um, but all right. Yeah, you you had Bad Batch. That, that's a big I did, big yeah. Plus. I had Bad Batch out the gate, the, they, and they've, they've been very good to me. Lab Monkey's question will not be read, but we will acknowledge that it exists. If you would like to see what it is, you may enter. And my answer would be, um, no, I would not. That is, that is my answer to it. Tila, I imagine you're reading it right now. Um, oh, i right now. <laughs> we have another question from Atlantis. He says, or Atlantis, actually. There's no T there. Apologies. Which GL should I go for after SLKR? And then he has this really big plan where he's going to go after C, then JMK, then JML, then Ray, then Lord Vader. But I switch up the order. So basically what I see this as, Atlantis, is your what would be the best order for every single GL? This is actually a really good transition because we've already been kind of talking about this. So, Tilo, in your in your personal opinion, for a newer player, if you had to just kind of for fun map out all six of the Galactic Legends, what order would you do them in? Lab Monkey threw me off right there. Uh, <laughs> so, so we're ranking the the GLs, right? Yeah, and for, and for a newer player, so like if you were for trying newer... to build like a stepping stone process to get all of them, how would you do it? Oh, Star Killer number one. I mean, not Star Killer. Um... I keep on messing up their names tonight. Uh, I do it too. Supreme Leader, Ky Supreme Leader Kylo, number one. That, okay. That's a given. The, the guy can counter multiple GLs, pretty much all of them at this point, depending on the comps that you have. Um, he can do pretty much all of them in threes. He struggles a little in fives. J JML, he gets a little rough. Um, what do you call it? The ship, the capital ship. My favorite capital ship in the game, even though it's been failing me in G GAC, but it's a really, really good capital ship. The The characters themselves aren't super high relics, so that's going to be really friendly for new players coming into the game. And then on top of that, you have one of the best Omicrons now with the introduction of the TIE Pilot. So you've got a lot of lucrative stuff. Even in TW, you've got Phasma. There's a lot of good options there. Um, and even being a, a newer character, a newer player, having OG Kylo in your roster is such a big boost to younger accounts because he can solo a lot of teams, especially if you're going in there with G12s, G11s in the GAC board, you're going to be able to take it out with um, Kylo. Um, after that, I, I think I would probably go JML. And then from there, if, if it was possible, depending on the guild that you're at, JMK would be really nice. The only bad thing that's going to hold you back is not having cat. Um, and if you're not having the the refreshes improving grounds, that's going to really, really suck. So maybe I, I move it more towards C. And then and then JMK, Ray around the same same level, depending on, like I said, proving uh, the proving grounds cat situation. And then Lord Vader would be the last one. Yeah, so I, I think we pretty much have an identical list, Tilo. I definitely... Supreme Leader Kylo Ren for every reason you said, but also something that isn't really a reality for us. But Dark Side Territory Battles and Heroic Sith Raid are both two really, really relevant uh, things that Starkiller just, you know, destroys and that a lot of people at that state of the game really need. So just, you know, one more reason why he is number one for a new player. Um, the next three, I would, and this is a bit, this is a huge if. If you can, JMK, JML, C. However, those three, um, the first two of those are kind of hard to get. They have other factors that are outside of just, you know, building a roster. Uh, JMK, like you said, really needs Cat. 
He also ha- requires R8s. He also requires a seven star. Um, he also requires a seven star Watt. So to, to tell everyone that, you know, JMK is the next second best GL for them probably isn't correct because of those reasons. But if, if you can yeah. do it. Um, and then JML, JML is kind of a similar mindset because uh, both Hoda and Wampa are blocked behind Get. And you have to have them to be in order to get JML. And then C. So depending on those resources, those are your next three in that importance. And then yeah, I, I would agree with you as well. Ray is next. And then for last is Lord Vader for the reasons we already said. He's a great character, uh, but he's um, he's he the requirements do not act or accurately reflect uh, his ability at least currently in game. Yeah, yeah. no, one hundred percent. We agree that <laughs> good stuff. Oh, that makes things easy. <laughs> All right, next question. Oh, this one's pretty straightforward from Podfan. Where and how to use Mace and what's his best modding? So Chila, how are you using Mace? Uh, in 5v5s, I'm using them with the JMK comp uh, just because if you have him the lowest health on the team, he's going to be called into assist. So that throws off a lot of the counters, including C on um, the JMK. So if you're placing that for defense, having that ability block or place right from the beginning is going to be really nice. Uh, in 3v3, I'm actually just putting it onto the JMK team as well uh, just because... I, I want to be able to use GK somewhere else, uh, which has been solid. It's a little bit easier than the GK version, but it is what it is. Uh, another great version for 3v3, just because we are into that season. I know um, Icehouse has been uh, touting this team. Oh, he's been it's, doing a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, it's the Mace lead. Yeah. With Cam, and I think he puts Barris. And I believe Barris is the on- third, yeah. He puts that on defense, and, and it's gotten pretty good results. So that's, if you don't have JMK, that's another great option for you, especially in 3v3. And how are you modding him for your JMK comp? Is, are you going max health? Are you throwing offense on him? Do you have speed on him? How are you modding him? Uh, for that team, you cannot go max health because he's got to be the weakest uh, member of the oh, squad. Okay, so, good point, good point. So what I've been doing is putting a lot of armor sets on him and then trying to make him have some survivability but at the same time be a little bit lower the only good thing is that um, ahsoka really just boosts up her own i think she has like a multiplier in her kit she does she does yeah so so that's really nice so you get to have some survivability but you just got to be condescend of of where he's at that's where galactic challenges come into play you can always test it before gac happens to kind of play with your mods and try to push it to that limit yeah, so I'm actually using him in a very different way, which is good because people can get more than one opinion here. Uh, I'm using him. He's strapped to the Qui-Gon Jinn team for me. I really like him there. I think they have a lot of synergy, both in 3v3 and 5v5. Uh, I think they, I won't go, I've made a whole video on this on my YouTube channel if you guys want to check it out. Um, it was very, very good. And I mod him very differently. Full tenacity and as little health as possible. Because what I want him to do when he's tanking is I want him to never get any like detrimental debuff like daze or shock or stun or something like that. So he can't counter. Because I want him to counter and I want him to get back over 100% health and Jenna Anakin to get constantly pissed off. So you hit Mace, he goes under 100% health, he counters it at full health, but Jenna Anakin got ticked off. You hit Mace again, he goes down below 100% and then goes back up when he counters. Um, yeah, so that's that's how I like to use him. It's a bit different. I don't think really anybody else is doing that, but that's how I run him. Yeah, no, no, that's a good option as well too. 
There's a lot of spots, even with non-Jedi teams. Like, you can throw Mace in a ton of uh, squads. In 5v5s, you can throw it in with um, Starkiller. Um, yeah, he does okay there. Uh, his Force Taunt is is really nice, too. Are, are, that's in... Um, is that only in TB? I forget now. I, I put no, him on well, defense he, so well, he, I don't know if Force Taunt is the right word, but he taunts whenever someone loses protection. Or no, his mark. What's the mark? Oh! Um, Shatterpoint. But is it only in TB or is it in... Um... No, that's everywhere. That's everywhere. In, in TW, he everyone gets to do it. There, you, there you go. Uh, so he's got a lot of like different flexible spots you can use, especially not only with Jedi. He's a really good solid character now. No, he is. And it's been funny to see how many people underestimate him in threes, which I think was a lot of where Icehouse's success is coming from because a lot of people are like, oh, just Malik solo him. And then Mace is like, okay. Every single turn I get, you're losing, I think it's both health and defense or something like that. So Malik just falls apart really quickly because that's literally all he has. Um, and, and, the really smart, and the really smart thing, too, that Ice House has been doing, because uh, if you guys don't know, they, they run their stream on uh, GAC Lab on Twitch. Uh, but it's really cool because he explained that he's been putting in the front wall. So people, like everybody else, you try to go as cheap as possible in that yep. front wall. But you don't expect this team to really hit, and the team it hits and it's strong and it has a lot of synergy. So, so that's a really good idea, especially if you don't have JMK. I would probably be running that squad. Yeah, it's pretty good. It is pretty good. All right. Um, so Tilo, this is uh this is gonna be one for pretty much solely for you. TK is asking. I've never been much into comic books. I've heard things about Star Wars comics. What is a good starting point if you want to try them out? Like. Can you like give them a series or if there's a website or something like that? I got a website, but you got to hit me up in Discord. I, I'll hook you up. Uh, but if you're going to start off with a comic book series, uh, a great one if you want general Star Wars, if you want to see a lot of different characters, is the main series, the Star Wars series. It's been going on for a couple of years. It's been following Luke, Leia, and um, Han right after um, A New Hope. And I, I believe right now they're heading towards Return of the Jedi. So so this will cover the gaps in between the movies. So if you want to see a lot of crazy stories, that's a great option. My personal favorite is the Lord Vader series. So they had the, I believe it was like 2010. It might have been, I forget the exact year, but they have the first overall Lord Vader one that got released. That's a really good one. And then they've released um, a couple series after that. But if you want a deep dive into Lord Vader, especially with Obi-Wan Kenobi coming out and you've got your Lord Vader or Lord Vader fever going out, definitely go check those out. You get a lot of insight onto Palpatine, his mindset during the OG trilogy. You get to see how, how he's broken, but at the same time, super strong. It, it's really a good per, uh, like character study of Lord Vader. It makes you really appreciate him. And... Um, Especially that first series. That first series, you see him right after Return of the uh, or Revenge of the Sith. So you get to understand how he got his lightsaber, the, the obstacles that he had to face in a brand new empire. It, it's a really, really good series. So definitely go check that one out. Sorry, but my my mic turned off. Yeah, because I had I had actually I've actually read a little bit of the mainline Star Wars one, and it's it's got some really cool stuff in it. It's got some super cool stuff in it. 
it's got a couple hit or miss though. Like some episodes really are, are episodes. Some issues are really really good, and some of them can be like a little like funky. But but the majority of them are really good, especially if you want like general Star Wars stuff. Yeah, and it's a good place to start too. Yeah. But yeah. Um... All right. Well, cool. So that is the that is our podcast questions for this week. Again, if you want to ask those. Hop into our Discord, and or I keep saying our Discord. It's technically my Discord. Maybe we need to merge at some point, Tilo. Um, I'm down. And <laughs> you can put those in there. But all right. Um, so now I'm going to change this in the description as well. Everyone, I'm going to give you like a 20-second warning. We are going to be talking Kenobi spoilers now. We're going to be going over the, the last two episodes that have come out, just kind of giving our overall thoughts, what we liked, what we didn't like, what we're expecting, uh, et cetera. So again, if you have not... If you have not seen the the first two episodes of Kenobi, we're not going to talk about anything beyond that. I mean, we'll talk about like our speculation. Like, we're not going to talk about leaks or anything like that. Uh, but both both for anyone who is here listening live right now, or if you are listening to the, the podcast, make sure to turn this off. Um, I'm going to keep giving you a little more seconds in case your phone wasn't too close to you. So now, yeah, change the description so hopefully anyone else will see it as well. So gave gave everyone quite a bit of time. Um, see who all looks like mostly everyone's still here so yeah uh i apologize <laughs> daniel says you'll play mute all right oh yeah so if you want to if you want to support the channel put it on mute and walk away <laughs> <laughs> but anyways um all right tilo so let's just get into it we don't really have any format for this or anything but what do you think um I, we can talk about it at the same time i don't think they were if they felt like one continuous um yeah sequence so i don't think we need to split it up what do you think about kenobi um my overall view on it i love this series so much it's obi-wan kenobi like you could have put obi-wan kenobi just chop chopping that meat like he, like he's a butcher just to whatever with manatee or whatever that is yeah that whale sail or whatever it was he could have been just doing that and i would have ate it up it's obi-wan kenobi but having said that with all the exciting stuff with the the inquisitors with that last scene we see in the episode i i really really love this and i'm i'm excited for the next couple of episodes sad it's only 6 episodes yeah that that is my only that's my only like super big critique is it's only going to be 6 episodes and it almost and this isn't really a complaint but it almost feels like this really was meant to be a movie um like after, it was. after we get through the six episodes, I am like a hundred percent sure that you could crop them together to the point that it would just look like a three and a half hour movie or something like that. And it, it would it would flow perfectly fine. I might be wrong on that, but I think I think it would work. Um this one was this whole series was actually one supposed to be one of the Star Wars stories, but they decided to break it up and extend it for a miniseries. I mean, like, that's okay. Like, that's part of them trying to sell Disney Plus, and that's fine and all. But, um, yeah, I, like, I, I would not be surprised if we find, like, someone made a copy and put it all together or something like that. I, I know they did that with the last season of Clone Wars, where they just, they kind of cut some scenes out, they cut the transitions, and they just stuck everything together. Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm happy to give a TV show. I'll take six hours of Obi-Wan rather than two hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so I did like it too. I thought it overall was good. I think there were some sp- specific things they did that were really cool. Um, one of the things that's a little more controversial that I really liked was Reva. I I really really liked her to be um for her to be different than the other Inquisitors. I don't know how you feel about that, but like her being super rebellious, 
um, and everything. I don't. I didn't want just like another seventh sister, another second sister. That they had a bunch of like different, like a bunch of the Inquisitors have kind of all given off the same vibe to me. And this one's like, sure, there's, there's some things that are kind of about dumb, but there's a lot of dumb people out there. Um, I, I liked it. I like that she's willing to stab the Grand Inquisitor to kind of get what she wants. And I think one of the things that really highlights is where the rule of two came from. So I know they're technically not Sith and, and whatnot, but this just goes to show, like, when you put a bunch of dark side users together and you put power in the middle, there's going to be a lot of mess that really interferes with the mission. Like, her, the way that she's acting is not, it's not conducive. It's not helpful. But it, it's a great example of why Darth Bane invented the Rule of Two and why they just had to chop it down to just two people so they could easily control it. Yeah, no, exactly on that. And then at the same time, you have to understand where these grand, these Inquisitors were coming from. All the Inquisitors like that we're seeing, like Grand Inquisitor, Fifth Brother, and all the, pretty much all of them except for possibly Second Sister and Third Sister were older. These were established Jedi. Grand Inquisitor was a temple guard. So he already had gone through his phase of being an apprentice. We're seeing Reva at a very... Uh, Reva. Oh, that's yeah, it's Reva. Thing. It's not Reva. <laughs> It's Reva, not Reva. We were calling it Reva. Everybody was, but but Reva is a young Force user. Yeah, I almost see it as like a puppy, where you have a puppy and they're jumping on you. They're acting like crazy. She's up there with her Force abilities, the dark side. She's just going all out and and expressing herself, and she has tons of hatred in her heart. I want to touch on that too. But but it's cool to see that she's a little bit almost like Kylo. Kylo was where she's a little bit uncontrollable, unbound, yep. does, doesn't have that real control over not, not her force abilities, but her, her mental capacity. And I like how they, and this is really touchy. So the, I, I, I have a, I have a theory on this and this might be widespread. I don't know. I haven't watched videos, um, but w- she knows that Darth Vader is Anakin. And that's for, for anyone who's unfamiliar that's not something people in the Empire know. Like, there are... We might be able to count on our hand how many people within the Empire know that Darth Vader is Anakin. Like, Palpatine obviously knows. Thrawn knew, but he kind of kept it to himself, and he deduced it. He didn't get told it. Um, But she knows, and I'm guessing... Tilly, you can debate me on this, or agree, or whatever, but she knows... Because she was in the temple the day of Order 66, and she saw <laughs> and knew Anakin, and she knew that he was the one doing that. Is that is that where your line of thinking it is, is, is as well? A hundred percent. So now we're going to get really into uh, to Reva. I, I think I have her motivations down to a science at this point. So we we that opening scene was absolutely amazing, by the way, too. Yeah, we cool. didn't even touch on it. But being able to see Order 66 for a pretty longer sequence than we did, like, say, in The Mandalorian, um, I, I think she's the, the first youngling we see, 100%, that, that she's right there. We get a, a clear picture on her um, on that youngling, lines up of what she would be like at, at that age. Uh, and um, like you said, I, I think we're going to see maybe a couple more flashbacks where she does eventually see Anakin as Lord oh, Vader don't get to use Hayden. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, yeah oh, so that'll be super cool. So maybe he, she sees him taking out other Jedis, taking out um, other younglings as well. What if she's in that room that we 
eventually go to in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And then he sees sees her and he takes her on as a, as an Inquisitor. It's going to be but very similar to Star Killer, isn't it? Like where when Vader goes and he kills Star Killer's dad, or yeah, Galen Merrick's dad, and he's like, "So there's someone else who's really strong with the Force and just takes him in." I wonder if it's going to be a very similar scenario. Yeah, I, I really want to see that interaction, but at the same time, I think that because the message that Obi Wan put out, telling all the other Jedi's to stay away from the temple, I think that's going to be one of the main reasons why she hates Obi-Wan and wants to find him. Because by doing that, she, he almost put a death sentence on, on Reva as a, a youngling because there's no other Jedi going in there trying to save the, the existing Jedi that were left um, like the younglings. So they were left there for pretty much just the 501st and just Anakin to pretty much slaughter. So couple that with her knowledge of Anakin, knowing that he, and you got to know this too, that Anakin and Obi-Wan were like, the superstars of the Jedi Order. Everybody knew who they oh, were. Yeah. So so she knows Obi-Wan's his master. Obi-Wan's telling no other Jedi to come to the temple. Of course she's going to hate Obi-Wan. So I, I definitely think that's going to be a big factor. Hmm. And I hadn't it thought just, of that. It's, it, kind of, it's pretty elaborate. It, it just lines up too that she just she's the one to reveal it to Obi-Wan after all the pain that she thinks that he caused her by not having other Jedi come um yeah yeah i i didn't think about that but i mean it definitely matches up um at least for the most part because at this point she would have had to have been captured because um which i guess i mean that makes sense then it would just come in and rescue her because she would have she would have already been gone with anakin because obi by the time obi-wan and yoda came in it wasn't until much later um but but the logic still stands i i but even if it's not even the message she knows who his master was. So so she could put the blame on Anakin's turn on him. So I don't know. It, it's it's pretty crazy. I, I think I really like this interaction. I think she's going to be a really good character for not only the series, but Star Wars in general. Yeah. Um, but okay, cool. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, so a lot of people in the chat have been mentioning this. What did you think of Leia? Oh, I love Leia. Le- Leia, like she was like the perfect like amalgam- amalgamation of like Leia we see in OG trilogy mixed with Padme too. You nailed it. Like, yep. Yep. I, like, sorry. It, continue. It, it was just like, oh, this is her daughter. Like she acted just like Le- our Padme. It was really, really cool to see. It was the perfect transition between the two. Yeah. It was the perfect transition between uh, the mother Padme as well as. Um, who who Leia eventually becomes? It, it it just felt like a really really good transition. I, I really hope that um, everything goes one hundred percent well for that for that actress. <laughs> it's, it's it's really crappy that I have to say that man. I I hate that. Yeah. Um, but no, it it was re- it was really good. I I like that one a lot. Um, how do you feel about Bale or Bale Organa? He was, ooh. Um, so he definitely aged. <laughs> he guy. definitely aged, but it's ten years, so so you could you could fail in what it is. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, like that's uh, we we've kind of passed the whole aging thing by now. Yeah. Like, and it's it's really funny too because this has been what seventeen years since Revenge of the Sith, maybe a little bit less than that. Uh, with, actually, no, it's probably the same because you know they both were filmed beforehand. Um, 
But where was I going with that? Oh, but it's supposed to, he's supposed to have aged 10 years, and he doesn't he doesn't look like he's even aged 10 years. <laughs> and it's been 17 no. in real life. Um, but yeah, so I think there's something else I want to say. But overall, I really liked it. I Oh, one thing I wanted to mention. They're building up correctly. Um, they're building up super, super well in regards to Qui-Gon. Th- this was my number one requirement Ooh, for the yeah. series. This is the thing that had to happen or they screwed it up. And literally, in the opening, right at the get-go, what do they lead off with? Yoda's line telling Obi-Wan that he's learned how to commune with him. So this is this is guaranteed by this point. It's just how they're going to do it. Yeah, no, no. That opening line for the Qui-Gon and everything, I love that. Uh, I, we're definitely going to get Qui-Gon in this series. If we don't get Qui-Gon, there's like, somebody should get fired. I'm not, not going to lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think they've possible. already kind of get, they've already like promised it at this point. But yeah, yeah. Nah, they that was like, you had one job. Like that's literally George Lucas set up one thing for this series one thing total if you couldn't get that you messed up um but yeah so (laughs) no i was just gonna say really quick um for for jimmy smith uh aka bail organa did you notice did you um catch the purgle mention yeah the purgle reference yeah i did oh man i love that too so i'm loving that they're connecting everything too and and they're not afraid to connect cartoons uh all that stuff. So they're really, really cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I liked a lot of those tie-ins. Those were really good. Um, always appreciate any story. Especially, like, it's kind of a... It's a bonus for, like, the super fans who watched Rebels and know what the flying whale thing is. Um, yeah. But there was, there was another thing that I wanted to mention. Along. Oh, so one of the things that I like that they're doing with Qui-Gon is they're building up to it is... And this is a kind of a small critique on The Mandalorian Season 2. So we knew that we were getting Ahsoka, right? And Mandalorian season two before she actually appeared. I didn't love how the how our the first appearance of Ahsoka in Mandalorian was just the opening battle sequence. She's like, oh, she's there. Like, cool. Like, I don't want to I don't want to complain. Like, I feel I'm pretty being pretty greedy at this point. Like, all right, that's live action Ahsoka. There was no there was no real build up. At least it, it didn't feel like it for me. Whereas with Obi-Wan, he's going through this huge thing where he's obviously suffering from various types of PTSD. Um, and he, he like really, really needs help. And I think it's going to be at his lowest moment that something's going to happen and he's going to be crying out for help. He can't take it anymore. He can't deal with the memories. He can't deal with the pain. He can't deal with the responsibility of what was, what was before and what is to come. And then it's going to drop. Quagun's just going to be there. And that, I I need I want that payoff so much. I want that payoff so much. I I can't talk on it too much just because I kind of I kind of know. Hold on. You talk for a second. Okay. But yeah, so I'll, let's see what's going on in the chat. Um reaction to learn Anakin to life felt real. It is. And that was so that one that messed with me a little bit in the beginning because I was like, okay, that's not supposed to be like common knowledge, but then um you know, we we kind of did the math between the opening sequence being order 66 she was very likely one of those Padawans. And there actually even was a Padawan that was a, uh, or not a Padawan, sorry, a youngling that is a black girl. So, yeah. Not guaranteed it's her, but they definitely left us to understand something. It, there's a reason that's the opening scene. So, so yeah, she has to be one of those younglings. Um, it was really, really cool, though. Um, 
like you said, the buildup for Qui-Gon, that's going to be really cool. And and then how he's cut himself off from the Force without even trying, just because of his PTSD. Um, so when you get to that point where Leia falls off the cliff, you're not 100% sure, even though you know Leia lives, if he's going to be able to catch her. Mm-hmm. So so seeing see her able to get her was really cool. I loved uh, also that she only knows him as Ben. Yep. So, so you don't get that reveal of Obi Wan, so it doesn't really mess up with canon as much. That's yeah, true. That is true. Uh, yep. Because when she goes uh, later, she kind of introduces herself like they've never met before. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else before we get to the two big things at the end of Episode Two. Is there anything um, else? There was one other thing that I wanted to mention. I think it was in regards. Oh, no, it was in regards to Obi Wan as PTSD. Oh, I, I wanted. I really liked how they showed the kind of the. So to have a lot of really high character development, a lot of times what you have to do is drag your character through the mud. I think what a really good example of this was Thor in um, Endgame, where they had to, they kind of had to drag his character through the mud for him to really come out on top and for him to really overcome some obstacles. And I think we're really like that um, in the with Obi Wan right now. Like seeing Obi Wan deny the Jedi help, like that's oh that shows you how far he's fallen. Like this was. Obi-Wan's was like one of the most noble, wise, helpful, generous Jedi there was who always loved the code. And for him to look at his, you know, own kind and tell them no. Oh, it was it was a little heartbreaking to me. I was like, this is the Obi-Wan that I grew up with. And he's not like he's kind of a jerk now. It's not even a jerk. He was just broken. Yeah. At that point. He's he's been through so much at this point. And and then the crazy thing is, this is what I had in my mind watching this whole series is a couple years after this series, you get the Obi-Wan from the Rebels. And this is the Obi-Wan that I'm like, he is OP. He takes out Maul within a couple hits. So I, I'm really excited to see the transition from this broken shell of an Obi-Wan that we're seeing now to that point where he fights Maul and yeah. is able to completely dominate him. No, that's a, that's, a, that's a really good comparison because that, yeah, he does get to a point where he kind of achieves, and we don't, we're not, we don't need to get into sequel bashing here, but that, that's kind of what I felt lacked with Luke, is Luke had his turmoil, but it almost seemed like he died in his turmoil, whereas Obi-Wan, he's getting his, his turmoil in this middle period, and he's go, we know, you know, from future events that he's able to overcome it. They, they, even, even it, so Rebels is a great example because that's the next part in, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, in canon, but even in A New Hope, like the the only kind of excuse he has at that point is like, oh, I'm old, but he's still willing to do everything. He's still willing to put his life on the line. He's still willing to confront Vader. Um, he's still willing to train Luke. He's 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 a more defined person at that time. He's not li- he's not playing the victim. He's not he's not crying away in his sorrows. He's not unwilling to help people. He doesn't look at Princess Leia's message and ignore it. He you know he. He makes a game plan. He he, he partners with Luke. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Mad Dog has a really really good quote here from Rebels um, when Maul confronts Obi Wan in the desert, and Maul's like, "Look, like what has happened to you? You're just like a, you're a rat out here in the desert doing nothing." Um, and he responds like, "Look at what I have risen above." Um, and that that really that goes into everything that we've been seeing in these flashbacks with, you know, Maul killing Qui-Gon Jinn, 
uh, with losing Anakin and having his brother tell him that he hates him, uh, losing the pretty much all, all the Jedi, holding himself responsible for it. Uh, there's so many good things, so many good things. This is really all coming together with all the other content. Yep. And and, and another thing I want to ask you is, how do you feel about the cameos? Because we got two major cameos from this one uh, for for known actors. Did they take away from anything from the show? Did you like them? Did you not like them? Are you referring to Leia and Bail Organa? No, no, no. Um, Flea. Flea's the one that from Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's the one that catches <laughs> Leia. So I didn't. I didn't know who that was. Um, you will find that I am a man of very few tastes, which that's I guess critique on me. <laughs> I didn't know who Flea was, but everyone's like, "Oh, that's Flea." And it's like I Google who it was. And I'm like, "Oh, that's a good band." Um, I didn't mind it. Like. I thought he was fine. I mean, the, the chase was cheesy, of course, but you know, you can't you can't win them all, I guess. Um, but he he was fine as like you know the the mercenary that was trying to kidnap her for Reva. I felt I felt the storyline well. And who was the other cameo? Oh, before we get to the, the cameo, it's Mary J. It brings up a cool point: the girl that's offering him spice. Oh the spice yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I bomb. Yeah, her her his real daughter. So that's a really cool little insight right there so obi-wan is officially the second person our second movie star of star wars to have a scene with their daughter leia being the first one ah it's true yeah because her daughter <laughs> is in the sequel trilogy yeah, that's really cool and i i would have flipped out if he would have just did the force ability go home and rethink your life <laughs> i i did i wondered if they were going to come back to that because that has been kind of a general meme within the prequel yeah. uh meme community I, I think it's really cool when they touch on that stuff because it shows that they're kind of in tune with the fan base. And I guess this is kind of maybe a transition to this point, but like with celebration, like getting man, uh, it, it just it, it made my day to see a lot of Hayden and Ewan's re reactions and comments in celebration. Finally, seeing that you know the, the the people they made the movies for the kids. I mean, in the chat, people are saying like, "Oh, you know, I was born ninety five. I was born in eighty seven. I, I was personally was born in ninety six. Like these guys are the ones that I grew up with. Like they made the movies for me. And now we we were finally adults, <laughs> and they get to see the payoff of all the work they've done. So I are you are we good to trans uh, transition to celebration, Tilo? Uh, we got two two major things. Um, the Inquisitor. Getting shanked in the oh, chest, yeah, sure. and then also Vader. So, how how'd you feel about the the Inquisitor Reva just stabbing him through his chest? Um. So, I again, this goes back to you put a bunch of dark side users together, and there is always going to be a power vacuum if someone isn't really taking charge. Um. So, her stabbing him, whatever, that's fine. He's obviously not dead. This is honestly no. one of the most upsetting things that I've seen. Uh, this is yeah this is the most upsetting thing i've seen about the series is everyone going on reddit you know as people do and complain that oh this is a continuity error how can he die and be in rebels and like the answer is pretty simple he's not dead like it's, it doesn't it's not that hard like maul gets cut in half and he's fine all right i'm getting on a soapbox here i'll, I'll get off in a second like maul gets cut off and, no, and, half and he's fine palpatine literally is dead and comes back but if it falls down a sarlacc pet like People get stabbed and don't die. Like he'll, he is definitely, he might be out for maybe a part of the series, but like this is not a continuity error. He'll be fine. And, and our main characters get their limbs chopped off. Anakin, Luke, like they all take damage. And and honestly, it's they're not seeing the big picture. We've seen it from episode one to episode two. 
the Grand Inquisitor has literally told Reva no, that she cannot go looking for Obi-Wan, that, that he's taking over the operation, that she's not capable of doing it. What better way to take out the Grand Inquisitor than to stab him in his chest, put him in a bath of tank for the rest of the series? This is the this is just great storytelling at its finest. They're trying to take out a major player without killing him. That's basically what this was. And um, we like you said, we know he's in Rebels. We know he survives even past Rebels too. So this is a character that continues going, but we needed him out of the way too. We can't have him fighting Obi-Wan and him getting away or making him look bad when he fights Obi-Wan or having died on Obi-Wan's I'll say hand. Obi-Wan like, he has to live like, if the Grand Inquisitor and Obi-Wan go to head-to-head, he's dying. Exactly. So now it leaves all these other Inquisitors. There's a couple of new ones that we haven't seen. Obviously, we know Fifth Brother goes on to for Rebels, mm-hmm. but a couple of these other ones, we don't know their fate. So it gives opportunity for Obi-Wan to have battles with these and maybe even get a few kills under his That's belt. level a few you know, of them. <laughs> Sif are his specialty. <laughs> but all right okay so would you said there was one more thing for kenobi or is that it uh lord vader how'd you how'd you feel about that reveal about reva knowing who it was or no, oh, we the see him at the showing end. him in the back of the tank yeah i thought it was cool i mean like you know it, it's just one of those kind of awkward things where they've been kathleen kennedy said as soon as pretty much as soon as the series was confirmed that we're going to get the rematch of the century between anakin and obi-wan and then ever since, like, the trailers have been coming out, they're trying to build back up to it. I'm like, we know this is going to happen. Like, I mean, it was, I'm fine seeing him in the back tank, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, Vader's actually going to appear in the series. Because we know he's going to appear in the series. Hayden's been doing, like, all the events. The, the part for me that got exciting is that they're showing him so early. So it gives me hope that we're going to see him pretty soon and a lot of him. Um, it's not something that they wait for the last couple episodes and then bring Vader up. They're showing them right in the beginning and they're like, hey, here's Vader. This is what you came for. We're going to give it to you right away. Yeah, like, again, I'm not upset about it. Just like, it's like, oh, awesome. He's coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. But okay. All right. Now the last one. I really ha- wish these happened in different weeks, but they didn't. So this this cast is going to go a little bit longer. Um, celebration, Tilo. Uh, j- just give it. Let's let's do the highlights here. What do we got? Um, honestly, it's probably just the trailers. Anything, anything major from there? Um, they talked about a couple of like the Lego stuff, a couple of releases, but it's mainly, honestly, these trailers. We got what oh, yeah. six of them. So, uh, so I think that's the majority of the discussion. <laughs> yeah, so we, and we, we can go by them one by one. So let, let's start with the video game one first. Uh, Cal Kestis, okay. we, we kind of knew this was coming, but we're now actually getting uh, a visual of it. Cal Kestis is back, and he's back in Jedi Fallen Survivor, or Jedi Survivor, yeah. or something like that. It might be just Jedi Survivor. Um, and, oh, and this is another thing that was cool with that trailer, probably the big takeaway, is we kind of see how the Grand Inquisitor is actually supposed to look in live action um and it's yeah it's not even close to what we got in kenobi um so how, how did you feel that's about not, how do you feel about that trailer that's not a grand the grand inquisitor no no they already confirmed it's a, a senator oh okay for, uh, cool imperial it, even for me when i first saw him i was like hey man the grand inquisitor man he needs to go on some runs like he's looking real thick 
a little older too, so it makes sense that he's not actually the Grand Inquisitor. Okay, he I'm glad you're here to correct me then. Well. <laughs> he doesn't have the markings, so he's going to be a senator in the the Imperial Senate. So, All right. so interesting new character. Cool, 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 cool. Um, the two major points from this one that I thought were really cool was the the obviously dark sider that he's fighting. I don't want to say Sif. I don't want to say Inquisitor because there's a lot of distinct traits to that character that really have me confused. Because if you look at his lightsaber, it's not the traditional Inquisitor lightsaber. It's a straight hill. So what is he? Is he a dark sider? Is he a Sif? Obviously, we know Vader and Palpatine are around this this timeline, so he's probably not a Sith. Maybe a Knight of Ren. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but at the same time, Knight of Ren aren't that powerful, so I'm I'm not 100 percent sure who that is because I don't really don't think it's an Inquisitor. Yeah, that would be. I mean, in the I mean, I guess they can keep making as many Inquisitors as they want. Though. There's no there's no limit to numbers. They're not capped out at ten. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm excited for it. I'll play. I might even stream it. Um depending on if people want me to or not. Yeah, that, that one was really cool. Um, any any um, any guesses on who's in the Bantha tank? Oh, yeah, so I saw that. I mean, no one really came to mind. Because I, I played through the first game once, so there really aren't that many characters in the first one to begin with. And then, I, I'm, again, I'm not too brushed up on my area of lore here. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Rayrock says uh, the Knights of Ren didn't show up until the Empire was disbanded. It's not true. They already showed them in there while the Empire is um, is up there in the Crimson Dawn series in the comic books. Yeah, so, so the Knights it's of Ren possible with Kylo that... leading, that didn't happen until after the Empire, yeah. but the, the Knights of Ren, as the Knights of Ren, they've existed for a long time. Uh, Mary J says people have been talking about Revan too. He does have a little Revan feel to him, but it's definitely could not be Revan. Um, the one in the Bantha tank, though, this one's interesting because obviously it may be the, I always forget his name, the the Jedi, the ex-Jedi that we fight on Daphomir. Oh, Darth Hobo. Yeah, Darth Hobo. So Darth Hobo might be in the Bantha tank recovery. Maybe his hair is grown, but I really don't see that happening. Um, one of the Jedi that really, there you go, Mara J. Mara J brought it up. Talon Marco or whatever his name was. Um, I, I, it always, it came back to old comic book from Legends that was really interesting to me. There was a Jedi called Das, Das Jirin. It was in the Dark Times series. Uh, this is a series that happens right after Order 66. He's a surviving Jedi and he looks a lot like that person in the tank because I think the main title is not going to be talking about Kyle Kestis, or Kyle Kestis. I can't say his name today. But I think it's going to be talking about that survivor in the tank. I think that's the real oh, Jedi survivor okay, of the story. It. So I think it may possibly be him. He had long white hair, similar to the, what we see in the, uh, the series. And it was really cool. Almost a similar vibe to Cal, too. He joins kind of like these pirate people trying to help people around like uh, the universe, help other Jedi, help other people in need. So it would be cool if they introduce him. It's a deep cut, but I think it's really cool. Um, and they, they've been doing stuff like that where they've been taking these other stories and trying to intertwine everything. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, anything else on that one? On no, that not trailer? really. I, I'm, I'm excited for it. Like I, it's probably one of the best Star Wars games I've played in the last 10 years or so. Um, 
oh, not five years. We'll, we'll say that much. It's it, I, I'm excited to play it. Yeah, me too. Um, Andor. How would you feel about the Andor trailer? I told it looks you. good. I'm still not really <laughs> hyped about it. I it'll take a minute. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Like I'm really not hard to. I've, I've mentioned this several times. Like I'll, I'll watch Bad Batch go through tunnels all day. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not hard to please. But I, it's. I, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it the day it comes out. But I'm not super excited for it. It's not. I've mentioned. I've mentioned this at other times where I think it would have been cool if. And this is this is just me being really nitpicky at this point. Don't don't take my opinion into consideration. But like, I think we needed more build up to want Rogue One back. Like Rogue One came out so recently, it just kind of like, oh, cool. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong because I, I really liked um completely different thread. But I don't know if you ever saw Guardians of the Galaxy, not Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. The Peacemaker mm-hmm. uh, series is hilarious. Absolutely loved it. Um. So this doesn't have to be a comedy, but what I'm saying is just because they came out next to each other, it'll be, it doesn't mean it's going to be bad. The, the eaglet, eaglet's the best. Eaglet, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but I really like the Andor series. I think it has a really cool visuals, almost as Rogue One did. Rogue One had a really cool visual outlook where it really, you compare it to the OG trilogy, like a lot of these ships, like the Ewing, uh, a lot of these ships, looked very like they could slot into the og trilogy and this trailer kind of seems like to follow that trend um i don't really know a lot about this one just obviously because it's a lot of new stuff mm-hmm. and it's it, it's different stuff than we're normally accustomed to not jedi so i'm I'm really excited about this one like i said i'll, I'll i'm there for it when it hits but it's yeah it's not it's not number one for me I think it's going to be really good, though. I think it's going to be the slept on series, and we're all going to end up loving this. I think it's going to be like Mando, where your expectations are like, oh, this is kind of weird. And then after the first episode, you're like, okay, this is dope. I I, I think you'll be right. Oh, and, and Mary J brings up a good point. Young Mon Mothma. That, that was really, really cool to see. I, I think it's gonna. This series is really gonna help people understand how crucial Mon Mothma was for the Empire too. I think we're gonna see some uh, really cool stuff with her. I'm excited for that. I really, I really do like how her character again has been kind of intertwined into anything, everything. Like she's obviously in the original trilogy. She was in Rogue One, right? Yes. She was. A, she was a big part of Rebels. She was a huge part of Rebels too. Um, like she's really. She almost comes off as the like the chief rebellion leader for the longest time. Well, in Rebels, we see her at the point where she's left the the yeah, she galactic her job as a senator. So I wonder if we're going to see the, that actually take place, depending on the timeline of this. But it would be really cool to see her. We know, we know from the trailer that she's kind of being looked at by the Empire and the ISB to be a little bit more specific, which would be really cool if they cast Wolf Yularen. So deep cut for all you guys that love oh, yeah. the Clone Wars series. So Wolf Yularen was the commander of uh, Anakin's uh, 501st, their starship. So he actually became the head of the ISB. And the ISB is meant to be the police of the Empire. So they're the the ones that police the Empire. So uh, would be really cool if they cast him. We can possibly even see um, Callus. Callus was an ISB member as well, so maybe maybe we see that. I, I, his 
this series has a lot of cool possibilities to kind of see. Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. And I like I hopefully we'll probably see a lot of crossover between the new Thrawn trilogy as well. Cause yeah, ISB is all over there. And Wolvier Lard was even okay. in a new hope, right? Like they they kind of backtracked his character. Yeah, you see him um in the initial uh board meeting scene. I, I forget who he's by. He nice I wanna mustache. I wanna yeah, you see Vader cross him, and it, it, you see him. He's the only one dressed all in white. He looks just like um, Admiral or Krennic. Oh yeah, from yeah, from an outfit standpoint. Yeah, from the outfit, not not hit the way he looks though. <laughs> so now, onto what I'm most excited about, and that I was not expecting at all: Tales of the Jedi. Oh my gosh, this looks so good. I'll let you I, go first, but this looks so good. <laughs> I have been saying, Tila, you've heard me say this because I mentioned this when we watched through yes. Visions. What I have wanted for the longest time was a series with Dooku and Qui-Gon going through the galaxy actually being peacekeepers. Um, and it looks like that's more or less exactly what this is going to be. Um, I mean, I'll take anything in Clone Wars animation. And I mean, you know, Anakin and Ahsoka, I'll take that all day, every day. Yeah, I'm... I'm really excited for it. And I'm also excited that it, it kind of leaves the door open for them to launch whatever miniseries they want ever about the Clone Wars, not even the Clone Wars era, but just about this level of stuff. Like, um, I know that there were a lot of stories that weren't finished within the Clone Wars that Filoni originally had a an eight or nine season plan or something like that. And Disney kind of kiboshed it for other reasons. But like the these type, not only this series, which is going to be great, but they're going to be able to put it into a lot of other stuff. Oh my gosh, give me a three episode of Dark Disciple. We got the book, but I would have wanted to see it in animation. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Because uh, that was originally supposed to be a part of the Clone Wars series, but it got scrapped. They never thought they were going to be able to do it, so they put it in as a book. Um, but this series looks absolutely awesome. Young Dooku. Dooku looks like uh, Christopher Watkins a little bit. He looks <laughs> good, man. I he saw looks him. really good. <laughs> Uh, but he, but he's going to be really exciting. We also see Mace in the trailer, and if you guys haven't seen it, hit me up or go look it up. It's Tilo's a leaked got trailer. All the contraband. Oh, I, I got you, dude. You call me <laughs> Bootleg Tilo. I got you. Um, but <laughs> but uh, we get to see that he's gonna. They're gonna be able to interact with Mace too. So that's going to be really cool that we get to see not only the interaction between Dooku and Qui-Gon as Master and Apprentice, which we only get little glimpses in the books. We don't get full story moments between them both. We get to see a little bit here and there, but not not as super deep. So I'm excited for this one. We get not only see that, but his interactions with another council member being mace windu and being mace windu we know he's super strict so this is going to be a younger mace windu and how that's going to affect dooku so dooku is slowly but surely getting to that point where he leaves the jedi order so i'm really interested in his mindset and how he's going to act in those couple of issues as well as qui-gon this this one's just exciting all all the way around and this one also has me wondering if they're going to be doing a similar to um Kind of how Marvel's been doing, where they'll keep releasing stuff and tying it into other random stuff that they have. Uh, I want, I'm wondering if this is going to keep launching other stuff too. Like, because Samuel L. Jackson has, me- has mentioned several times that he wants to come back as Mace. Like, if they, if they call him, he's saying yes. Um, yeah. 
So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do get something with him later because he's definitely not dead. Um, I've, I've seen too many people somehow have returned for Mace to be dead from getting shocked and thrown off a building. Um, and I'm really excited too because if you notice, we get the scene where Ahsoka is going against the Inquisitor to get her white lightsabers. Did you see that? Yeah, I did, yeah. So I'm really excited. So I'm wondering if the the Dooku ones, are we going to get that little scene? And I believe it was in Master and Apprentice where we see the first time that Dooku uses lightning on that, um, on that basically like the Star Wars version of a serial killer. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really wondering if maybe is this completely new stories or are they going to flesh out some of these other stories that they have already told, especially with that Ahsoka going against the Inquisitor, since we already seen that story in other medium. Oh, they might they might dip into it. I don't know if they'll completely want to retell it. I mean, they have done that a little. They did that a little bit with Clone Wars season seven and Ahsoka's battle with Maul. Yeah, but all right. What's next, Tila? What what else we got? Oh, last thing for Tales of the Jedi, we're going to see Baby Ahsoka. Oh, so yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Uh, but the next one is going to be which one do you want to cover first? Do you want to cover Ahsoka first or do you want to cover Mando first? So I actually haven't seen the Ahsoka trailer. Okay, so we'll I'll, we'll cover Ahsoka first then. Um, the Ahsoka one was really really cool. So right off the rip, it, it, these are leaked trailers too. So these weren't released to the public. So a lot of you guys probably haven't seen them. I posted them a couple places. Uh, I know other people were posting them as well. But um, you see, for the first time, a live-action Hera walking with Ahsoka, which oh, was cool. really, really cool. So this is actually going to take place right after the finale of Rebels. Uh, we do see a couple other interesting stuff. Uh, we see the, the Jedi droid that actually helps the younglings, uh, the younglings craft their lightsaber oh, in okay, that uh, yeah, yeah. episode. His name is um, Hugh Yang. So he survived Order 66, which is really cool because this is like a thousand year old Yeah, droid he's really old. That's... He's helped like, you know, countless Jedi build their lightsabers. Yes, but we actually get to see that he survived, which is really cool. It may actually tie into something else we're going to talk Bad about batch. a little bit later. So, so I'll, I'll save that one for later. But we, we go through the trailer. She's actually going through temples looking at weird stuff, almost gives me vibes of the temple on Lethal. So I wonder if that's going to have connections there. Oh, it has to, because we've already seen the marketing stuff that they're using for her series, and it's clearly based on the world between worlds. Yeah, so I wonder if that has connections. And then um, at the end, we see the mural of the Phoenix Squad. So this is the one we saw in animation with the wolves which is really cool, but you get to see the like a, a live-action version. And then this is the part that cut off during the trailer, but they had stills, stills of it. You see Sabine with the short hair like you do at the end of Rebels mm-hmm. walking towards the mural. So we get a confirmation on three solid characters, two really named characters in Hera and Sabine, which I'm really excited for. It basically confirms we're going after Thrawn. We're trying oh, to find yeah. Ezra. Yeah, that, so that I'm was, excited. I mean, that they they've had that set up ever since Mandalorian season two when she when she goes up against uh, that one ex. I don't even know if it was ex Imperial or whatever she was. I think she was, yeah. And she was like, "Where's your boss? Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn?" 
Yeah, so I'm really wondering at this point, are we going to get the Thrawn trilogy with a little twist? Where Thrawn is, obviously it's after the Empire's destruction, Thrawn creates his own little little thing to combat the New Republic. And is it going to tie into every Mando universe that we're kind of setting up to where he becomes a real like almost Thanos of this situation. And if you notice in the old Thrawn trilogy, he had um, a Jedi that helped him. He was a clone of another Jedi, but his name was Jor Sabaroth. And I always mess up on his name, but he was really powerful. And I wonder if it's going to get to the point where Ezra is the new Jor Sabaroth, where he's been talked to, talked to Thrawn and convinced to be on his side. And we're eventually fighting Ezra and Thrawn. I'm really excited. I don't, I don't know if it's true. That would be such a nasty duo. I, I don't know if it's true, but if, if, if there's trying to, and this is something that Dave Filoni was a little bit kind of like giving reference to in a couple of these panels is the Thrawn trilogy. So if they're doing their adaption of the Thrawn trilogy, oh my gosh. Imagine you see Ezra, Ahsoka Sabine is so happy to see him, and that he's completely on the side of Thrawn. Well, you... That would be cool. If you if you read the, at least the new Thrawn books, I haven't read the old ones. You get the you get a pretty strong impression. Thrawn is not a bad guy. He's no. He's very very intelligent. He can read the rumor, I guess. Rather, he can read the universe, and he knows what he needs to do to achieve the most success, the most peace, uh, etc. And real uh, his his methodology is to work with the Empire, and he he really doesn't agree with a lot of what the Empire stands for, and he knows that even Palpatine doesn't agree with what the empire stands for he, but it's but both of them are using it as a mechanism like i think the the biggest thing is the empire is racist or um alienist or whatever oh, yeah. i don't know what to call it. like they're they're against other races palpatine is not at all but he uses the fear of the people against them or and he uses this to be able to control and manipulate everyone and thrawn is not nearly like he's not as manipulating but he, he's able to read the room in that respect like, okay, what do I need to do to achieve my goals? Who do I need to serve? Who do I need to talk to? How do I need to talk to them? And that's that's really why he gets where he is. So I could see, I could see not maybe not even Ezra, but someone that we know on the good side seeing what he's doing and wanting to partner with him. But on the flip side, we've already seen in Rebels and it's already been established. Ezra is super impressionable. Look at his interactions with Maul. Oh, they were best buddies after he first meets them. Look at his interactions with um, Hondo. Like Ezra is super like impressionable, and I could definitely see somebody like Thrawn taking him under his wing. I, I think I think Ezra's I think he's matured kind of beyond that because um, a, a lot of like giving him to Maul, it was I wouldn't say it was impressionable. It was just honestly stupidity. Like he he went for some things <laughs> that, that like obviously this guy is evil. Like you you have to see that. Um, but it, but I. I Again, I think yeah, Thrawn being at his core being a good guy, um, that Ezra Ezra would be able to see that, and especially depending on the circumstances, he might have no choice. Um, like the no. the Empire probably had, or actually not M the Empire, but Thrawn certainly has more resources in the unknown regions than Ezra does. Um, so Ezra might have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if we're eventually going to see the Chris too. We could. That that that's gonna. It's a lot of possibilities with this one. This one's got me really excited. Cool. All right. Where are we going now? Uh, Mando 
season three trailer. So this is another leaked one, guys. If you guys want it, hit me up in Discord. Bootleg I got T-Lo. you. <laughs> Bootleg T Lo. So so you saw this one, right? Yeah, I did. I saw it once or twice, not a lot. Okay. So what were your thoughts on this one? I mean, it was it's they they already kind of set the stage uh, with with Book of Boba Fett. What's going to be happening? We do see that we're going to get to see live action Mandalore. Uh, there's going to be a confrontation of some sort with Bo-Katan. Um, really, yeah, I don't. Grief is back, and he's better than ever. I mean, again, I'm excited for it. I don't really know if I have a whole lot of comments to to, to go with it. I'm excited just because, like you said, we're gonna be able to go to Mandalore, see the destruction after the 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 night of a thousand tears, yep. uh, go into the the caverns the, of the mine, so he can eventually be redeemed as a Mando. And I'm I'm excited for the different stuff that we can see, and um, the the interaction between him and Bo-Katan because they really set it up in the trailer that they're gonna go against each other, uh, each other. and and I, I like that scene where she goes and she go looks at Baby Yoda, and she says, "Oh, you di- you didn't think your old dad was the only Mando mm-hmm. <laughs> or Mandalorian?" I, I think it's gonna be a really cool series. No, I am too. I I'm excited for it. Especially how much we're gonna get. All right, and I think that just leaves right. the last one, Bad Batch Man. There's there's only really one yeah. scene that I cared about in Bad Batch. Which one? Gungi. Oh, you only cared about Gungi. That he's alive, man, because we had the impression that they were all dead. That they might have been the kids that Anakin killed. Maybe some of them were, but at least he's alive. It looks like what's his name is in there too. The the one with the black hair, spiky hair. In one of the scenes, it looks like an older version of him. I would be I would be super stoked to see those those younglings coming back. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. But do you, did you you didn't notice the other big reveal? I think I might have seen something, but I didn't understand it. Cody. Oh, is he like in a? He's in the whatchamacallit uniform, right? No, he has his clone armor on, I and then you actually, any. you actually get a uh, to see his face. He has a scar on his eyebrow and the scar on his cheek. Hmm. So it's a hundred percent confirmed it's Cody. So you actually see him with crosshair. So I wonder if crosshair and Cody are going to eventually be the ones to hunt down the Bad Batch because you got to remember in the first episode of. Uh, of season seven, Cody is the one that introduces Rex to yeah, the Bad is. Batch. Mm-hmm. So, so he knows how. See, so he knows how uh, how he's introduced. And all it last brings out a point we didn't even talk about the clone, the Fireball First clone oh, yeah. in Obi Wan. That was really really cool to see. Oh, and it it just you know it adds another level of death onto the Clone Wars, and kind of another thing that happened. And this this was commented on in Rebels that essentially. When after the the full transition of Order sixty six and the stormtroopers coming in, the clones were really just thrown by the wayside. Like they, a lot of them were used as teaching instructors or whatever. And once their minds kind of went, the Empire just threw them out like trash. Yeah, Operation War Mantle. So so literally, it, I don't know. It, it, it's cool, and it, there is no, it, there's no confirmed on what clone that was. It was just a generic five hundred first clone. But um, 
I, I think this is cool that clones are getting a lot of love, especially with Cody in, in Bad Batch. I can't wait to see that interaction. And um, yeah, and, and like you said, Grun- Grungy was really cool to see too. And I want to see if it has any uh, connection between um, Hugh uh, Yang that we see in Ahsoka. Did he have a... He might have, had, he might have been the one who saved him, yeah. Yeah, like a helping hand in saving these younglings that they're able to survive after Order 66. So that's going to be really interesting because he's not the only one. Like I said, I believe the other clone, the other youngling was like started with an R. I want to like raise Raz or I know you're talking or, about. I, I can't tell you his name, but I know I know the character. He was the main one, and if you look at the trailer, there's a character that, that looks super similar to that to that character, just a little bit aged up. And then, um, that's it. Anything else on Bad Batch? We good? No, I'm good, man. This is this is the longest we've ever gone. <laughs> I'm about <laughs> tapped out as far as this goes. You, you got to tell me to stop, Miss Star Wars. I'm going. No, all day. I mean, it's it's not your fault at all. It's just the nature the nature of this week, the celebration, everything has a lot going on. Oh man, it got me in my feels though because I was supposed to go to celebration what two years ago, so I had bought my tickets. I had to refund them. I'm like, man, hurt my feelings. <laughs> no, it, it, it was just a lot. Like, I was expecting, like, maybe one or two things, and then they just hit it. There's, like, literally everything that we knew, and even some that we didn't got a trailer. Yep. And then overall, too, for Star Wars, or for Galaxy of Heroes, we're going to have tons of content. So oh, yeah. just be ready. <laughs> be ready, because this year alone, we're going to have Obi-Wan. We're going to have Tails. We're going to have um, Andor. Match. And Bad Batch. So that's tons of marquees that I can see coming to the game. Oh, I heard Legendaries too, especially with a lot of those being like like Bad Batch Season 2. That's a perfect time for, to bring up forward a Legendary, just like they did with uh, Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Shipload of content. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, cr- Crosshair for a Legendary for Imperial Troopers or something like that. As if they needed one. They, they'll, have to, they'll have to bring them in and make it like, can't be used with Piet, period. <laughs> i will see though i uh, thank right, everyone for being it. here uh this has been it's been a great time especially ever also everyone on the podcast uh until the next time though everyone make sure to to stay mad awesome <laughs>